When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. We welcome in Oscar and NFLer Jeremiah Searles. He is not in camo today, but uh, he is in that Oscar den at Searles71 underscore HSKR. I've rubbed it in that you are not uh, with a firearm in a, in a deer stand. You know, my deer season's been much like the Husker season. Started out a lot of hopeful and optimism, and now it's just pitiful in the middle and just death and dreary. So, you know, there's still a chance for a strong finish, though. There's still a chance. There's a stance for a strong finish, just like the Husker season. But right now, we're just we're in the pits of it. You know what, though? It, it would feel awesome for Nebraska fans to split, let alone sweep, and that's mm. a big ask. It's mm. all about Casey Thompson. 2012, Searles. 2012, that's how long it's been since Nebraska's beat Wisconsin. Mickey said that to Vokalek and the kids. What was it like? Give us story time. What was it like way, way back when, when Nebraska beat Wisconsin in the ugly uniform game? I love those uniforms. So first of all, watch your tongue. Uh, but you know, <laughs> secondly, you know, there was something and the thing that the reason that game really sticks out to me is because I'll never forget their defensive end. I believe his last name was Gilbert. Number 11 had made the comment during the week that Taylor Martinez looks like he's out there skipping rocks when he's throwing a football. Right. And like, so everyone kind of got like fired up about that, about like him basically attacking our quarterback um, in a way. And I mean, not to say he wasn't necessarily wrong, but at the time, you got to stand up for your guy. And so I remember we got to go out there in the alternates, and Taylor ran all over them. Rex ran over them, and we just got to finally kind of get some payback on them for what they did to us in 2011 in Madison. Um, you know, and that kind of, for me, was kind of the start of the rivalry of they beat the crap out of us, we beat them, and then they went and clobbered us in the Big Ten Championship that year. Um, you know, so for me, uh, you know, that was a very fond memory of the night game with the cool jerseys and the whole bit. Well, t- tell us quickly about the, the Big Ten championship game, Searles. I, I don't want to say what happened, but 
What do you want? Yeah. What, what do you want? What do we want me to say? We got dog stuff. Exactly. We, we had 70 points hung on us. I can have a distinct memory. We'll go story time. I distinctly remember scoring a touchdown and coming off the sideline and we'd scored 35 points. And I sit down on the bench and it's 35 to 63 as I stared up at the screen as Indianapolis on the little banners there going, well, I'll have enough beers in me by four o'clock to forget this whole thing ever happened. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that was my fondest memory of the Big Ten championship there. So yeah, not a fun time, not something I like to relive. Thank you, Elijah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there, there we go. Jeremiah Searles with the Sale Varsity Radio. Uh, what is it about Wisconsin? Um, we talked with Coach Alvarez this week and. He just says, you know, the, the Nebraska blueprint is the Wisconsin blueprint, and uh, there's extra umph when Barry was around to, to try and beat Nebraska, and they've been through some coaches as well. I mean, they've got an interim right now, and Coach Leonard's a really talented defensive mind that's getting his shot, and it's been up and down uh, for him because their offense is – a bit of a mess. Their offensive line's not been great. And did, did it have extra juice or was it just another, oh yeah, these guys hate us too? You know, it, it had a little bit of extra juice just because, you know, I think there was always the comparison between Nebraska of the old and what Minnesota, or what, excuse me, what Wisconsin is now, right? And I think the reason that Wisconsin's been able to have so much success with it is because they've never strayed from the blueprint. It didn't matter if it was Brett Bielma. It didn't matter if it was Paul Christ. It doesn't matter. Like they know who they are. They know what they're built to be and they're going to square pay ground hole it, even if they don't have all the stuff they need to do and they just stay with it, you know, and eventually it's going to get figured out and it's going to get hammered out, you know, and I think that's a culture thing for them up there is like they understand the recruiting base. They understand the athletes that they can get and they understand the guys that they can get, which is big six, eight, 350, 330 pound white offensive lineman from a 400, 400 mile radius of Wisconsin. And they're just going to pound the rock, you know? And I think if you look at Nebraska, we have strayed from that path because of so many different coaches, so many different philosophies. Like we don't have just a blueprint of what we are. We've been trying to find that for the last decade, but you know, you look at a program like Wisconsin, who is, been consistent with the run game and then you look at nebraska it's just been totally inconsistent with our offense in general and right there is where you can find the success versus the lack of success jeremiah searles with us here on hail varsity radio and searles when you look at what wisconsin offensive lines are traditionally in this season and you compare it to what nebraska's had the past couple of seasons what are the biggest differences you see in the offensive line play between wisconsin and nebraska the physicality You know, I think whenever you turn on an an offensive line from Wisconsin, it is a physical downhill group. You know, I very, I compared a lot to Minnesota, you know, they just wear you out. You know, they may not be the most talented and have the guy that's going to go first round because he's a freak show and, you know, he's going to run a four, eight and, you know, they're just all big, heavy grinders that just work their way vertically, you know, and it's double team after double team and eventually a defense that just wears on guys. Is that a mentality thing or is that a a technique and coaching thing? Both, you know, it's both, you know, it's a mentality thing of like, listen, this is what we're doing here. So figure it out. And then also this is how we're going to do it. You know? So it's a mentality of like, yeah, you know, we're not changing. So the mentality is like, you figure out how to do this or you won't play because someone else will, you know? And so it's a technique thing where they have mastered the, the art of the power. I mean, you, it used to be Stanford, right? It always used to be Stanford used to be that downhill, like, eight offensive linemen, just great looking football. 
And then now it's Wisconsin is the downhill guys that know that they're, that you know what they're going to do. And now it's just a matter of, can you stop it? Searles, let's get into Saturday a little bit, ESPN, 11 o'clock. And, uh, you know, pride is what you're fighting for. And Mickey's done a good job of keeping guys engaged and pumped up. And it, it's a new week to try and go one and oh. What are some things that stick out to you about the, the matchup? Where are there some mismatches? Where's some vulnerability uh, with, Wisconsin, with this Wisconsin team? Yeah, you know, I think first of all is we got to talk about how it's senior day. You know, I think the fact that it's senior day is there's always a little extra oomph in that because as a young player, you want to send your seniors out the right way. Um, and as a senior, as an older guy, like it's your last chance to play in front of 90,000 faithful, you know, so there, there's always a little extra juice there um, for senior day and for guys coming out there for the last time, um, you know, but I look at the matchup here at Wisconsin and, you know, I kind of have to give the nod almost across the board besides probably the receiver position uh, to Wisconsin. You know, I think that the receiver position for Wisconsin is a little thin, but that's okay because that's a very much B option. Um, for them because they're super good at winning on first and second down. You know, I think guys like Ty Robinson and Garrett Nelson and those guys have to play their best game. The issue with that is you can't ask them to play 70 snaps against that offensive line and be efficient and be productive. You know, we have to have some big guys step up and come in and, and have meaningful minutes on the defensive line because Wisconsin's going to try and have 35 to 37 minutes of possession. You know, that's what they want to do. They only want to run maybe 60 plays, but they want to do it over the course of 40 minutes. Searles, with Nebraska and the smoke that's been around this week, uh, we'll get to the coaching part in a moment, but does Nebraska have a shot with their quarterback situation? Can they figure out enough uh, offensively against a really good defense, but flipping it around, Wisconsin's offense has been a liability and Nebraska's defense has played well enough to win uh, most games aside from Purdue. Yeah, you know, I think Casey Thompson's going to be the key here. Like, wh what percentage is he, right? Like, how much can we rely on him to stand back there and throw the ball and deliver it? I mean, you look at some of the plays against Minnesota, and you look at some of the plays against Illinois specifically, not as much Michigan. You know, but I think if Casey plays and finishes those games, there's a good chance we win some of those. You know, I think that there's certain plays that stand out. It's like, man, Casey probably makes that throw, and that's probably a touchdown. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so if you've got Casey Thompson in there, I think you give yourself a chance with this offense with guys like Trey Palmer and Anthony Grant and Marcus Washington, who are very productive. Um, but the big thing is I don't necessarily think the explosive play is going to be the key here. It's going to be sustaining drives. It's going to be staying on the field. It's going to be converting third and threes. It's going to be not living in third and 13s, you know, because we can't score. We can score points in a hurry, but the thing we can't do and we haven't done all year is sustain drives, which is why our defense has played well enough for us to win initially. But then towards the end, they fade just because they're out of gas because of the amount of snaps they've had to play. That's just a reality. It's not mm -hmm. a conditioning thing. No. It is an accumulation of three quarters, correct? Correct. It's an accumulation of three quarters. It's an accumulation of nine weeks. You know, it's not just like, oh, it's just this three quarters like they've played. If you look at the total snap count, I promise you our defensive snap count is far above 
our offensive snap count. And you talk about a defense that's already lacking in depth. That means your starters have played way more than they should. That means you're like your D linemen are not fresh. They're not coming into the game at 90 to hundred percent. They might be coming into the game at 85%. By the end of the game, they're playing at 65%. You know, it's just, it's not a conditioning thing. It's a football thing. It happens in the NFL. It happens in college. It happens at every level. So I want to get your take on the offensive line. Because my non-expert eyes, I've seen, I think, what would be marginal improvement from the offensive line. You've said before that the hallmark of a good offensive line is consistency, and they still haven't reached consistency. But whenever I look back at, say, the Michigan game and the Minnesota game, there's been some lapses. But for the most part, I feel like I've seen an offensive line that is marginally better at doing things the right way. Have you seen the same thing? You know, at times, yes. Um, the hard thing for me is, you know, when it's kind of nut-cutting time is when you seem to have the breakdowns. You know, when it's a gotta have it or it's a third and long and it's a blitz protection that you're going to have to scheme up and not just physically like there always seems to be kind of that lapse. So overall, yeah, you've seen some better things. But again, you just can't have those blunders where it's a a no hitter from one of your tackles and he's guys coming around scot free off the edge or we're letting a blitz protector go or the running back and the line aren't on the same page. Like those are the things that are starting to drive me insane. But from a physicality standpoint, like I am seeing guys run off the ball better. I'm seeing guys use their hands better. It's just the mental stuff and the lapses are, are killing us at times. Searles, the Nebraska coaching job, you've watched it up close. You lived it. What is your worldview uh, on, on the Nebraska job? You've heard Rule. Uh, I think he's a really talented coach. I like Leipold. I like the options. I like the idea of Mickey. So I think there are some some choices out there. But what's um, what's your take, former player and NFL guy, uh, on luring the next, be it Mickey or somebody else? You know, and I'll say this, I love Mickey Joseph. I think he's done a fantastic job. I don't think he's ready to be the next head coach in Nebraska. And that is just strictly based off of not him, but where the state of the program is. You know, I think that you look at what our program has been for the last decade. We're talking about we haven't beat a team that's considered to be one of our rivals who we came into the conference with as a competing for conference championships. Haven't beat them in a decade in Wisconsin. You know, we need to bring someone that brings consistency. We need to bring someone in that knows how to win in the Big Ten and is a proven winner overall. You know, Mickey Joseph's never had that opportunity, and that's unfortunate for him, but I don't know if we want to be his test dummy. Does Nebraska really want to sell, hey, you we're, we're, we're in this with you until the bitter end type of thing where it's like that could end poorly for both sides. For You know, versus keeping Mickey on staff, which I think is extremely important, but bringing in a proven coach that's got a proven winning record, winning record in college – And everyone's going to say this, and I'm saying too, you know, Matt Roll just got fired for being a loser in the NFL. You know what? The NFL is a totally different beast. You, it is apples and oranges. Comparing NFL coaches to college coaches is borderline. You just can't even do it because they're so different. They are different. And say Rule wants too much money or wants Carolina money. And Trev is maybe having to talk a guy into it. Do you think it's a tough sell for Nebraska? I mean, 10 years ago, no. Yeah, no, I think uh, it is. I but think now it is, right? Yeah, I think it's a tough sell because you look at what the program is and you look at, okay, what are the expectations, right? Like, And that's something that Trev can say, you know, we're going to give you a chance to rebuild and we're going to give you a chance to do your thing. Well, is that six years? Is that three years? Is that five years? You know, what are my expectations as a coach for when I come in here? And also, like, looking at this roster, you know, where are my young superstars? 
where are my young guys that are going to be my building blocks of this where versus like you look at the guys that are playing and contributors they're old guys they're guys that are gone either this year or probably next year you know so you got to look at the roster from top to bottom be like man i don't have a lot to work with here if i'm just gonna have to go out and recruit right away and recruit superstars and play them right away we're not going to win football games it's very simple you know so there's it's not a super alluring job now the money obviously and the facilities and the foundation and all that is you know but at the end of the day you win games on the backs of players not on facilities nfl your emotions where were you for the bills vikings mm. finish and uh, do you feel like you won or you lost? I don't know. I feel a little bit of both. You know, I, I loved that game. It was so much fun. That sequence of events in the fourth quarter was just absolutely insanity. You know, first of all, Justin Jefferson, um, I'm sure there's Jehovah Witnesses walking around Minnesota going, do you have a minute to talk about our Lord and Savior, Justin Jefferson? Because he <laughs> something special up there. Um, you know, he's nearing Megatron status in my mind. Um, you know, on the Bills side, talk about utter defeat and utter disappointment from winning the game on the goal line to just completely botching a snap. I mean, just wild times. But, you know, I love that game. I thought it was a great game. And kudos to the Vikings, man. Number one team in the NFL. Are, are they for real? Are the Vikings for real? This was my one of them. You know, if how they do against Cowboys this week will be very telling because you could tell they geared up for that one like it was their Super Bowl. Now, what comes up must come down. Ask the Philadelphia Eagles against the Washington Commanders. It's hard to win every game. You know, and they're on a hot streak. So this week will be very telling of how they handle winning and how they can feel like if they can win this one, they are for real, for real. Jeremiah Searles with his Husker and NFL are at Searles 71 underscore HSKR, Nebraska, Wisconsin week. Searles, best you and your fam. And if we don't talk, have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for a few minutes. Absolutely, guys. Go Big Red.